Good morning. This is David G, and you're listening to the Morning Voice Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about life experiences, lessons learned, pieces of advice to help you learn and grow. If applied, you can transform your life in ways you could never imagine. I know because I'm speaking from personal experience. This is why the Morning Voice Podcast was created, to help you find answers to questions you didn't know were troubling you, to be better, do better, and ultimately feel better. Again, good morning, and you're listening to the Morning Voice Podcast. And today I have a very good and special friend of mine, Christopher Jennings. He's an aspiring Air Force uh, pilot, current... Aerospace engineering technician? Aerospace engineering technician. Um, By any means, I have no idea. Um, But um, let him speak a little bit about himself. Hey, yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much summed up the, the vast majority of it at the moment. Um, got a couple other goals and ambitions. I'm sure we can get into that later. But yeah, no, currently I work as an aerospace technician out at uh, one of the space centers. And I'm also working on uh, doing pilot packages so that I can try to transition into a Air Force Reserve or National Guard pilot slot. But uh, yeah, I come from a uh, quite a bit of uh, ambition, I guess you could say. There's a lot of things that I've, I've at least tried or at least I'm trying to do in my life. Um, you know, start off early. I, I went to a military high school, so I kind of had a little bit of structure built in then. And from there, I had uh, transitioned or moved over to uh, Florida Gulf Coast University to get my undergrad in finance and minored in real estate. And it was there where I had originally aspired to be a commercial real estate agent and just found that living in a cubicle was not going to work for me. So uh, from there, I uh, moved on and decided to enlist in the Air Force Reserve, which is where I currently serve as a down in Homestead. And uh, yeah, from there, you know, just working on things like doing a master's degree and just kind of collecting myself the best of my abilities. Appreciate you sharing all that. Sounds like you got a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> That's uh, something that I'm also working on currently. Um, I mean, as you can tell, this is the first podcast episode. I've actually put it off for like the last five years. Um, but having the classmates that I've um, learned to love and appreciate over the past five weeks during this leadership course has actually inspired me to actually get the ball rolling. So. I'd like to carry on that momentum into further endeavors like yourself. I got to tell you, you're definitely a man of your word because I remember the first day that I had met you, this is one of the subjects that you had brought up was trying to start something like this and, you know, to, to see yourself push through it and be one of those people that actually means and standbys the things that you're trying to do is just phenomenal. And I mean, that says a lot to testament of your character right there. But yeah, no, absolutely. You say that, and then here we are, right at the end of that uh, at that course, and we're, you're doing it, man. You're putting that work in. You're doing it. I'm proud of you. Appreciate that, Chris. <clears throat> so, for our first topic, we have um, it's more about having a vision. So, I know back in 2015 when I was going through a massive struggle through finances and personal emotions, work-related incidences. Uh, It took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life, where I wanted to go. I didn't have a five-year plan. I just didn't have any sense of direction. Um, I think pushing myself to start something like this, having a podcast and pursuing my dreams and goals um, definitely kind of sets the tone for that direction. And I think it can and will probably change along the way. But what are your thoughts? Oh, listen, I definitely stand by that. Uh, pretty much everything you had just said, you know, when when you look at the different things you want to do in life and the different things that have occurred, you know, everybody's everybody's an individual, but everybody has some kind of vision. Everybody has some kind of dream, even the ones that say they're they're OK with a complacent life or just, you know, coming into a nine to five and coming home. And that's the end of the work day. Everyone has some kind of vision or dream. It's the ones that you see that really inspire all of us, the ones that you're watching those videos of that 
whether it be on your social medias or just the motivational speakers that you follow or just the exceptional idols in your life, you know, there's only a few real differences between them and us sitting here. You know, they're willing to get up there and they're willing to continue following those visions and dreams. You know, for myself, uh, you know, I appreciate you speaking on some of the adversities and things you went through. I don't think anybody's free of that in life. I think it's a very rare occasion if somebody can kind of get through the majority of their life and not have some level of adversity. You know, I lost my father when I was uh, 11 years old. He got into a car wreck. He was a police officer. And uh, I watched him in the hospital in a vegetable state for about three months, spent my 12th birthday in the hospital. And, you know, that's something that was that was a traumatic part of my life. Um, you know, I do what I can to honor him through some of those visions and stuff that I have now, some of the things that I want to do. But, yeah, we all we all have those adversities. I mean, moving on from that kind of stuff, you know, I've gone through my heartaches and heartbreaks. You know, I've had uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a softy uh, when it comes to relationships and stuff like that. I'm a very emotional person. So uh, overcoming some of the adversities that I've had like that uh, to try to move forward into the visions that I have. So, I mean, I, I mentioned in my introduction how I'm trying to become an Air Force pilot right now. And um, I also have a vision of trying to be a special operations uh, operator at some point in my life. So, I mean, I, I do have a couple of visions that I'm, I'm trying to chase. And, you know, one of the hardest things for people to do is just overcome that adversity and really display the resiliency or try to expand on the resiliency so they can follow through. You know, there's there's the people that let that consume them and continue working that nine to five, like I mentioned, or whatever equivalent they may have. But then there's those people that they they want to do better for themselves. They want to actually see that vision come to fruition. And uh, that's not to say that not everybody does, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it, it's really stepping past those, moving forward from those. You know, um, one of the most recent adversities that I had, uh, I went through a heartbreak while trying to transition jobs. And I found that difficult because I found myself just kind of caught up. Um, I had all these visions, all those things that I wanted to do. And I ended up giving up. I don't want to say giving up, but uh, I put them on a hold. So I was very stagnant for a while there. And uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things where you just got to, I had to like look inside of myself and look what I really wanted to obtain because, you know, the temporary things that, that satisfy us in the moment, that instant gratification that doesn't always last. It's not always there. So that was one of the things that I had to continually tell myself was, Hey, you know, there's on the other side of this, what's going to happen. You know, I could sit there in that stalemate and stagnant mind. Next thing you know, um, I would have maybe taken one or two p- the promotions inside of the, the job I was working at the time and never really done anything to do, do anything to like move forward from that. But uh, I wasn't going to let that happen. Um, so I, I looked at myself and I, ultimately decided what do I need to do to get out of this and uh, for me it it was just kind of collecting where I was at so um, I know we've had previous conversations where we made a correlation between uh, life is almost like a spider web and all those different things you want to do and for me it was you know I was spider webbed I was all over the place trying to chase so many different dreams at once and then you know when the heartache or the heartbreak happened it kind of was like well, what, what direction am I really trying to follow right now? And then on top of that, because I had so many different directions and I wanted things in such an in, instantaneous uh, or short amount of time, I wasn't allowing myself to truly develop into those different things. So uh, I'd say as far as like vision and direction, that if people are really interested and really want to drive towards what it is, their goal is, their passion, um, whatever you want to call that, it really comes down to understanding where you're at at the moment and where you're going to be. Uh, I made a reference to a previous conversation we had had that I can bring up to everybody out there listening was uh, uh, was honing in on our or honing in in particular on my immediate goals that were able to be accomplished in the shorter amount of time and then not losing track of some of the more long-term stuff. So kind of what I mean by that is at one point I had gotten so caught up in a lot of the things that I was doing that I stopped taking some of the classes in my master's program. And uh, I was just at the same time trying to just balance everything that I had going on in life. So it, it really 
comes down to being able to hone in specifically, at least I guess this kind of goes out to the people who are similar to me, where there's just so many ambitions, so many paths that they want to follow. Just accepting that sacrifice is going to have to be a part of that to try to chase the vision that you're going after. So me in particular, I understand that trying to work for the special operations career and trying to train for that kind of stuff was taking up easily about four to five hours of my day between uh, pool visits, being at the track, doing any kind of weightlifting, and then just also trying to keep myself mentally fit for the position that I was going to be into. And then also at the same time, I was trying to get my flying lessons done for my private pilot's license to make me a little bit more of a marketable pilot in those applications. And then, like I said, uh, we had school going on and I was also trying to balance a toxic relationship at the time. So something had to give. Ultimately, what I ended up giving out of that was my master's classes and some parts of flying. And, you know, I I always try to say don't regret things in life. So I don't regret it because I think every decision that I've made has put me in the position that I'm in now. But what I had to do was hone in. So in particular, what I'm doing currently is I'm honing into making sure that all of my time and dedication is put into my master's program because that's a decision I made a while back. And it's not one that I'm going to fall out of uh, because absolutely hands down need to try to get that done. So what I'm doing now is I've set some goals and standards for myself. And in those goals and standards, what I'm doing is just putting in a deadline, putting in a lot of time and just trying to make sure that I put myself in the best situation possible to accomplish that. Now, at the same time, so I don't completely lose the process or lose where I was in the process of any of the other tasks. What I'm doing is still, you know, allocating sufficient time to keep myself in a healthy state, one that will allow me to get back into the the training mode that I need to be in and uh, try to continue that through any kind of pilot contract that I would pick up until I can get to the point where I can make that transition and, uh, you know, just worrying less about some of that other stuff, but keeping it in mind. But um yeah, as, as far as situations too, I know we had made a mention about that. I think situations is critical to your development and your visions or your goals. Um, we had talked the other day about some of the things that we do to try to keep those situations uh, stable for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, a couple of areas that you touched on were awareness sacrifice the whole spider web and doing a lot at the same time and then kind of not knowing what you want to do and where you want to go and just picking something and then um, to kind of balance per se um, allocating sufficient time i have also been in a recently uh, toxic relationship and it sent me down a very bad spiral and I found myself not necessarily focusing on the things that I needed to focus on as well and something that kind of helped me get out of it was more or less picking one thing that I could focus on to improve myself which happened to be the gym so uh, when I came back from my deployment last November uh, relationship ended around February, March. And uh, I let myself wallow in it for about four weeks. But after a while, I said enough was enough and I needed to focus on myself. And the gym allowed me to get out of that um, unhealthy mental state. But I think you have to have that awareness about yourself in order to say, all right, I've allowed myself to sit on the couch and do nothing and watch TV. It's time for me to get up and move my ass and accomplish something. Um, and yeah, then- I think you definitely do a little bit better than me. Uh, my situation was slightly different, but I had a similar scenario. I like that you said it took you four weeks. That 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 is phenomenal. And that just says a lot in itself because the first time I went through a situation where uh, I found myself kind of stagnant and just going with the flow because it was what was easiest. Uh, When I had my first, uh, I'd say a major breakup was in college. I dated this uh, Swiss girl who was absolutely phenomenal. But as soon as she left, 
you know, all I thought I had in my name was really her and the job that I was working. And that job had to be in retail. So um, this is knock anybody out there who works in retail. But as far as myself goes, it just wasn't a position for me. It didn't have enough challenge to what I was looking for. And again, this is just my particular uh, area that I was in in retail. But because of that, it, it caused me to just realize, you know, I, I was caught up in a funk for a little bit longer than four weeks. Uh, it took me some time to really remember the things that I had accomplished to that point and kind of find that value inside of myself again and realize that I had visions that I had put off for about four years. I went through college and I got my bachelor's, which, you know, I is phenomenal. I'm, I'm happy about that. And, you know, uh, maybe I don't show it as much gratitude as I should for, for doing something like that. But to me, it was like, oh, that's all I really had. And I had other visions. I wanted to join the Air Force. I wanted to do a couple of other things with my life that I'm like, man, uh, four years went by and that situation ended. And I kind of had to look at myself and was like, you know, what do I have to show for it at this point? And unfortunately, I took a little bit longer wallowing in that, that what do I have to show for it mentality. So it, it was it was a little difficult for me. Luckily, I had a very good friend of mine. Um, his name is Joseph Truex, phenomenal guy. He really took me under his wing and got me out of that. And ultimately, what happened was about six months after that situation, uh, like I said, slightly longer than what it took you. I finally made that decision to go in and enlist in the Air Force. So I started calling up Air Force recruiters and the simplicity of it was like, I couldn't even believe it. It's something that is like, once I got done with it, it, it was like, that was so easy. Why did I not just pick up the phone? Cause that's what it all started with. It was just that phone call. But because I was in that mindset of just, everything was crushing me, you know, just feeling like I was, useless and the things I had done didn't really matter that much and stuff like that. I had a lot of self-doubt at the time. It took me that long to make that phone call. So, I mean, to me, what I, I would tell the people out there listening is like, don't make those mistakes, especially when you realize that it's so easy to just make the first move. You know, I'm not going to say it's easy to accomplish anything in particular um, on a grander scheme, but to just initiate it, to get that information is critical. So people just need to be able to understand like, Hey, look, it, we're on our phones, you know, hours of a day, hours of a day for the people out there that, that are your TikTokers or your Instagram people, stuff like that. You know, how long would it really take you to open up Safari or Firefox or whatever you use and just Google a little bit of information about what you're trying to do? You'd be amazed how you're only one or two pages away from stumbling onto a get more information section. You know, so if you can really just remember that and just seek that motivation to just click that button and do what you need to do, you're one step closer, you know? And some of the references I make are actually out of a book. Uh, I'm gonna look up the author real quick, but the book's called The Power of One More. Um, It was a phenomenal book that I just read recently. And this book, basically, one of the, one of the premises of it, I don't, want to, I don't want to summarize it too much because I don't want to be too wrong. Um, one more. Uh, the premise is you never really understand how far away or how close you are to something. It, it takes one more action, one more thought, you know, one more uh, friend, one more person in your life or thing in your life at any given moment to be on the other side of things. Uh, this book was written by Ed Milet, phenomenal book. Uh, he does throw some religious proverbs and stuff like that in there, but he gears the book towards anybody who's not religious or anything like that. But definitely recommend it as a read if you're looking to just get that little bit more of an inspiration. Personally, uh, the first chapter was a little rough for me. After I got past that first chapter, though, uh, I was able to really, it, it just drove home a lot of that conversation. But um, yeah, no, I, back to what you were saying, though, I totally understand where, you know, you just get that that stalemate and it takes a little bit of time to get out of it. But I'm happy to hear it, all, it only took you a couple of weeks. I mean, you're you're in a much better place from whenever that time was. Yeah, <clears throat> I actually listened to a video of Ed Milet doing an interview with someone and he he did bring up the power of one more and the way that he initially applied that concept was in the gym. He would do one extra set, one extra rep and just initiate putting in that little bit extra effort into something to 
have more value in himself and to tell himself that it doesn't take that much more effort to accomplish the next thing. And then that concept can be applied to everything else in your life. And it's funny that you brought up how we spend so many hours on TikTok and social media, Instagram, Snapchat. So when I decided that I was going to go to the gym and I was done being self-pity, I actually deactivated my Snapchat and my Instagram. Nice. Nice. So for the last or the first four months after the breakup or the four weeks of, you know, crying about it, um, I basically disappeared. Um, I didn't connect with people unless it was, you know, in person. And I found that eliminating the distractions actually helped me get to the destination faster. I got to tell you that that 100% I'm right there with you in agreeance. Me personally, uh, I do have the social medias and there's nothing, it's not to say there's anything wrong with the platforms. Right. By all means, there, there are healthy benefits to the platforms if they're used in a healthy way. Me in particular, I do have the platforms. I actually, when I got a new phone recently, it was, it was kind of funny. I, I absolutely hands down refuse to put them on my phone. Um, I check them periodically through either the laptop or just uh, something else. You know, maybe once a month I go on there and majority of what I use them for is just to see if any friends or, you know, close family and stuff like that have messaged me or, you know, send something that that's just something I'd like to see. My personal beliefs in it is that hey, any of that kind of stuff to me, if I want my, my closest people in that inner circle to know about it, they're going to get a message from me. And same thing goes the other way. If they want to share something with me, they're more than likely going to send it to me. And again, I go back to just talking about using them in a healthy way. Again, there's nothing wrong with them because I found when I was in that situation, it was very similar. Uh, what I had done was, you know, obviously you go through the different motions that guys out there, listen, it's critical. Get rid of the social medias, the pictures, all the other crap in regards to a heartbreak. But Got rid of that and I actually used it for uh, positive influences, things like uh, different videos on how to work out. Um, I followed different ma- like major leader or major leaders and just influencers in the sense of the things that I wanted to do and accomplish. So those platforms are phenomenal if you're going to use them for that. Um, I talk about the unhealthy ways is, is and I get caught up in it occasionally too. Every now and then it does happen if I go on there to check on a family member. Next thing you know, I'm on uh, what is it? Instagram Explorer or something. Where it's Down the rabbit stuff. hole. Yeah. Next thing you know, I just realized I blew 45 minutes sitting there doing that. And I have other things that, that we got to get to. Other things that are conducive to what I'm trying to accomplish. So again, it's that, it's that whole thing that, like I said, it's not bad to have these platforms. I'm not telling you to go out and delete your social medias and TikToks and stuff like that because ooh, I have seen exceptional things on them. But I am just saying to to take that and monitor what you're doing on it. Actually really put some emphasis into it. People would be surprised um, if you go on your phone and you look at some of your data usages and you actually see how much time you spent on TikTok, uh, Instagram, whatever, YouTube. I mean, any of any of it doesn't matter which ones it is, but you'd be surprised when you actually go on there and you just realize you spent two to three hours, you know? And that's actually something, if you don't mind, I want to talk on real quick because when you can, when I hear people talk about, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough things to do or what, like, I don't have enough time to do the things I want to do or add additional stuff on. Uh, I read something recently and I'll, I'll try to have to find the reference, but it talks about a uh, three day, three days inside of a day. So three mini days in a day. As a matter of fact, I think the power of one more in that book, he references it at my lot. So when you actually break it down, you have eight, three hour block or three, eight hour blocks in a day. You know, one of those is sleeping generally, unless you uh, sleep, you know, six to seven hours. I usually get about six in, but the other eight is typically spent at work and give or take an hour or two, depending on your situation that leaves you an eight hour block of your day. 
So if you really break these numbers down, you guys go on your phone and you see that, hey, I spent an hour and a half on YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is. When you break down the percentage of a day you just spent on that, it's so much time that you could have put towards something else. And, you know, I, I, I guess I have come close to burnout a couple of times and there's different things that we could talk about later about what we do to try to get around that. But, you know, it, it, to me, it's like, I want to be constantly doing something that benefits me. You know, even, even if it comes down to some form of entertainment, something that benefits me, you know, for instance, one of the things that I'm doing, if I got a little bit of time to kill, I've actually been starting to self teach myself German and to me, it's like I'll watch the news in German, I'll read in German stories, uh, listen to different German music, stuff like that, just so I can try to expand on that. Something that is actually going to help me build on more instead of just wasting time on there. And again, there's nothing wrong with taking those few minutes. But like you mentioned, that rabbit hole, don't get caught going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I think a lot of that stems from awareness. Right. So you before you get into any sort of personal growth or, you know, building the discipline to accomplish specific things that you want, you need to first be aware of one, how much time you're spending um, being distracted to time that's not being utilized efficiently and then. What are you going to do to replace that time with? Right. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really big on social media when I did use it. But when I did, it was two or three hours and I really had to wake up and say, OK, well, an hour of that I could definitely use in the gym. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need eight hours, but I function better off of eight. Mm -hmm. If I sleep six, I feel like I need to take a 30 minute nap somewhere in the day. Um, yeah, so I, I like the three mini days in a day. I actually use that myself. And just being able to break down your day and schedule specific blocks of time to accomplish whatever goal you're trying to reach, right? And you don't want to overwhelm yourself like if I'm not trying to ridicule anyone who is currently a couch potato because I myself was one, mm -hmm. um, you don't have to change everything about your life right away. Right. So Jennings has a lot on his plate and that is from years of discipline, years of challenging himself to add one more thing to his plate, one more thing to his agenda um, and I'm sure he'll go more into it about, um, when he feels overwhelmed, but when you're first starting out and you're going through a breakup, you lost a family member, something traumatic that really puts you on a downward spiral, you know, you tell yourself one, okay, I'm, I'm done wallowing in it. This is where I start to change. Two, become more aware of how you're spending your time, what you're going to do instead to fill that time. And it only has to be one or two things. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And we can talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone here in a little bit. But you're not trying to go down each road on the spider web, right? You just want to pick one thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely and do a little bit of it each day. And then once it becomes a little bit easier and then you can add something else. I'm not saying delete your social media accounts, mm -hmm. right? Um, just be more cognizant of how you're spending your time because that's where it's gonna start. Yeah, so like, I'll, I'll kind of give you a brief idea of what I did because I'm gonna touch on something you had said. So uh, as far as the sleep and breaking the days down and stuff like that, you know, uh, using the idea and the concept that I had mentioned of having those mini days, even if you don't want to have those mini days, this still applies to you. For me, I'm one of those people, I guess you could say is fortunate that I get six hours sleep. That's all I really need. Uh, any more than that, I actually wake up groggy myself any less than that. 
don't feel like I really slept. And I've gone through weeks where, hey, it's back-to-back shifts. We got to get this done and trying to get all my other goals done. So I've gone through weeks where, hey, four or five hours was the norm. But for me, one of the things that I implement is I get my six hours of sleep. That allows me to tack on two more hours onto a work day. When I put my boots on in the morning and I had to work, we're on work mode. Second, those boots come on. What I do for myself in particular is depending on, of course, when the gym is at. But when I come home, I don't look at my workday as over. And that's why I'll stay in my boots. I'll stay in my uniform if um, I'm on an activated status or if I'm at home working my civilian job. I will make sure that I stay in work uniform. And the reason for that is because uh, to back up to what we had talked about earlier, a situation. Because when you're chasing your vision and you're trying to chase your goals, whatever it is that you're trying to look after, that needs to become a part of your day, not a hobby, not extracurricular. So what that needs to do is that needs to become your work. You may not be getting paid for it, but you're investing in yourself, which has the same added value as it does if you were getting paid for it, at least in my eyes. So for me, typically I work about a nine hour shift. When I come home, that's one hour left. I still have to work, Uh, possibly two depending on what it is. So for me, school right now is the most important thing. So what I do is I come home, don't take boots off, don't take the work uniform off, or I might take my school stuff with me and I might either go to the library or I might be at work and I might just stay in my office for an extra hour or two after everybody's left. And that is just to continue investing in myself and working. That's effort, that's work that I have to put in. So by doing that, it it creates that situation that we had mentioned earlier where you need to be in the right situation to chase your visions and chase the things that you want, those spider webs, that path. So like I said, I, I hone in on that. I focus, I say, hey, when those boots come off, now's more of our leisure time. Now's our gym time. You know, now's uh, whatever else we got to go, taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, wife, whatever the case is. That's your time for that. But once you become... Once you make these things a part of your work and your lifestyle, then everything else can kind of fit in when it fits in. There's priorities, there's standards, there's different things that you need to set for yourself. So when I hear people say, you know, I don't have time for the gym, Um, you know, I'm tired after work or whatever the case is. So either figure out how to get there an hour early or figure out how to bring your gym clothes in the back of your car and change. You know, there was a time when I was really on time crunches between the things I was doing. That was close to the times that I was burning myself out. But I had three bags packed in the back of my car. I'd have a gym bag, my flight bag, and my school bag. I used to get also count my work bag. So I used to carry around a, a trunk full of items. And I spared no time between the things that I was doing. And that's one of the biggest things is, you know, like back to what I was saying is you hear somebody say, oh, I don't have time for the gym. I don't have time for all this kind of stuff. That's your work. That's your life. That's so you can extend your life and be healthy. And, and maybe maybe you have other forms of uh, fitness or whatever that some people out there use. And that, that that's fine. As long as it's a part of your lifestyle and you understand it's, it's basically a life obligation to do this. It's a work obligation. You're investing in yourself. And this is the same application that, like I said, I use for school and everything. So all of that is a part of your work. It is your job to maintain yourself. At the end of the day, it really is. Because what happens is you continue to give up on these things. What happens when you turn 35, starts to go down a little bit, 40, you're still making excuses of when you're going to get to it because you don't have time right now, 45, 50. Next thing you know, you're 50, you're either overweight, you start to have some major diseases start to develop, whatever the case is, because And again, I guess I'm speaking in regards mostly to fitness at this point, but again, the same thing applies with school. Next thing you know, you're 45, 50. The only schooling you've ever got, if you're military, let's say, you know, you've okay, you got your CCAF about 30 years ago. You got your associates, whatever, you stopped there. So where did you expand on that? Uh, You know, where are we at now on improving or trying to improve? You're still going to come up with new reasons. If you allow yourself a reason the first time or an excuse the first time, you're going to continue to build on those excuses. Make it a part of who you are in your lifestyle. It is your job. It is your job to invest in yourself. So invest, invest in your work, get paid for it. Come home, gym, whatever it is. I'm putting some air quotes up in the air right now. 
and make that a part of your job. Your day is not done until your general taskings are done. And then you can move into the things you really want to do. Yeah, I think you hit home right there. Uh, I 100% agree that once you find something to invest in for yourself to make yourself better and to be better, adding value to yourself, those things become a part of who you are. It's not things that you have to get done. Oh, I have to do this schoolwork. I have to, you know, work on getting my degree. I mean, if it's something that you want, first of all, and you know it's going to take work, everything that you do to invest in yourself is work. Like you said, you know, you go to work, do your job, and then you get off and you work on yourself. It's work. But if you make it a habit, a part of your daily routine to invest those blocks of time into accomplishing that goal, it becomes less work. And I know for me, when I wake up at 345, 4 o'clock in the morning, there are days where I don't want to go to the gym. I really don't. But I wake up anyway, I put my shoes on, and once I get in my car, I'm already at the gym, it's 10 minutes away, and before I know it, I'm done with my 30, 40 minute workout for the day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just becoming a part of me and my routine. It's almost autopilot by now. I've been doing it for six months, right? And the objective there is to not let that momentum stop because once you stop, it's gonna take you more effort to get that ball rolling again. And I think that kind of blends into stepping outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to change your life for the better and add value to yourself, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Oh, hands down. Like these things that make your life better, they're things that you're not used to because you're used to coming home, kicking off your shoes, maybe putting some food in the microwave, you know, wife cooks some food, Mm -hmm. put on your favorite TV show and maybe binge watch some shows. There you sit. You sit and then you wallow sometimes. And these thoughts come. You're mad or jealous because somebody else accomplished something you didn't accomplish? Yeah. You know, hop on social media and you start scrolling and then you start comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. And now the regret kicks in, the self-pity, the excuses, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it is uncomfortable. It's hard to get started. But if you can allow yourself to push yourself and motivate and find that drive and ambition to build discipline, you can reach and accomplish anything. And a part of that, I think, for stepping outside of your comfort zone is, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't be afraid to fail. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a big part of stepping outside of your bubble. I've I've definitely had to take that that step outside, you know, and I think majority of people at some point take it to some some degree or some some level in their life. When it came to comfort zone for me that I think that was one of the biggest things that stopped me or, or at least prolonged my enlistment in the Air Force That was a big step. You hear these cliches about the military and what it's like and what it's going to do and stuff like that. One of the greatest feelings ever was the day that I swore in. One of the next greatest feelings was when I actually got to BMT. I was excited. I was happy because it was something that I've wanted to do since I was in high school at the Air Force High School. It was something I wanted to do. So when I made that decision to step out and I swore in, okay, it felt pretty real. When I got to BMT, it really felt real. And it was a good feeling because I knew that I overcame those feelings of doubt, those feelings of just being generally scared to make that step or just make that decision to not go into work every day. You know, I I sat there and told myself, well, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. And then next thing you know, it was like two, three weeks going by. 
I'm sitting there and I kept telling myself, oh, no, I'm busy. I got to we, we got a lot of business we got to take care of out at the shop right now. And, you know, I, I got to finish writing these schedules. And it, it was as soon as I decided it, it was because I was uncomfortable or I, I was comfortable and I needed to get uncomfortable. It, it was so stepping outside your comfort zone. I mean, that's that's huge on a smaller scale. Um, but I think to me was almost a little bit bigger. And this came after the Air Force enlistment was something as simple as starting Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, rolling BJJ. So for me that I've never been involved heavily in sports. I tried them out when I was in high school. Uh, I was on the weightlifting team and I played uh, JV football for a little bit, stuff like that. And for me, I've never really been been into the sports like that. For me, I've always wanted to do some form of combat sport or at least just something that gets me moving. MMA or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different things. But the reason I got into jujitsu and or at least I, I had some goals and aspirations to try to get into it and just see what it was like was uh, I used to actually do some bouncing back in college. Funny enough, I know I'm a 150 pound guy soaking wet, you know, not, not a lot of people uh, tend to believe that, but I worked with a lot of dudes who rolled a lot of them and they would always tell me, Hey, come out to the gym, come out to the gym. And it was hard enough for me to enlist in the air force, let alone step out of my comfort zone into something like that. I think I just, uh, part of me and I still have it today. And sometimes I, I got to work to kind of step out of it. Uh, I'm afraid to either feel stupid or I don't know what I'm doing or whatever the case is. So for me, it, it's one of those things where you got to kind of realize like everybody's like that. There's very few uh, rare occasions where you start off proficient in something. There's a 10,000 hour master rule or mastery rule. Uh, I forget exactly who's the one that initiated that whole concept. Robert Green. Robert Green. But there is a lot of truth behind that. Nobody starts off that. So the people that are sitting at home and they don't want to take that step, the step out of their comfort zone because they either want to look, they either think they're going to look stupid. They, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. The, you know, they're not sure what the lingo is, or they know people that do it and they're intimidated because they see their friends that are at a way higher tier. Listen, step in and do it. I think one of the greatest feelings I ever had was the day that I signed up for a BJJ gym that was right next to my house. And I show up to the dojo and you know, I'm in just a gym tee. They hand me my gi. And I got to tell you, just the whole the whole thing was just amazing because for those of you who aren't familiar with jujitsu, it, it's, it's a community that expands beyond that. It's a family. You can walk into any, any BJJ place and you're going to be welcome like family, regardless of where you're from or your level. But it was just a phenomenal experience. I walked in, they hand me my gi, they, they get me on the mat and I go through the motions. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing because I've, I've only been a practitioner of it for a, f- a very short few months, but it just felt so good to finally try something. I went into it and said, Hey, I'm going to give this a shot. If I don't like it, at least I know because it was something that I wanted to do. And I'm not going to stop because I'm scared of looking stupid or not knowing what I'm going to do. I must have got submitted and wrapped up. And for you that don't know, submission is just uh, basically someone's inflicting enough pain to you that you're ready to tap them out, tell them you're done. But I've been submitted several times over and over and over and over again. But I can see the progression in it. And anybody out there, too, I highly recommend you take at least one BJJ class in your life. It's just a great time. But what I was saying is back to that, leaving that gym that night, I was on cloud nine. You know, I'd gotten beaten up like three times, but I felt like I learned something. I felt like I was more than capable to wear my gi and show up again. And I went four more times that week. I've cut it down since then. I, I go about three times a week right now. But again, that's that sacrifice. I want to become good at it. I want to, I want to be able to handle myself in self-defense situation when necessary if I don't have the option to run away. But yeah, just being on cloud nine because I took that step out of my comfort zone. I wasn't scared. And that's what I try to implement now. And I try to continually build off of that. Anytime someone asks me to do something new now, be it something I wanted to do, or maybe they're just, hey, interested in dragging me along. 
I'll definitely, if it's a friend, I'll go with them, but just doing it, you know, just kind of pulling that trigger and going and going and doing it just stepping out of that comfort zone because it's going to take you so far. And that's the same, same thing about stepping out of that comfort zone that you can bring back to starting school that you can bring back to any of those kind of things to try to continue improving on your life. Just stepping out of that comfort zone. Yeah, I absolutely love how you put looking stupid. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but everyone who is trying something new looks stupid. But you have to understand everyone else before you who looks good doing whatever they're doing, Mm -hmm. one, has put in way more hours, and two, has also started in the exact same shoes as Mm -hmm. you. So they've all looked stupid too. Mm -hmm. When I first started going to the gym, I was 160 pounds. I was basically skin and bones because I'm six foot two, right? And I had very minimal muscle, And I did a little bit of self-educating, watching videos on YouTube, looking for inspiration and motivation. And then I kind of just mimicked what I saw. But you have to understand that if you're one of those people who don't want to go to the gym at five, six o'clock when it's super busy because everyone's going after work, all those people once looked stupid. Mm -hmm. Hands down, they did. And fearing that people are judging them. There's a fun fact that I heard a while ago. People might laugh, but in the next two hours, they're going to forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're staring at you and they're thinking about something completely else. Oh, what am I going to have for dinner today? Did I forget to put my laundry in the the dryer before I left for the gym? Or yeah, yeah, no, that's that's an exceptional point. It you it's all in your head. It's it's a mental game that you trick yourself because you're in a different environment. You have very minimal idea of what you're doing, um, and you don't know how long it's going to take for you to get good at something. Like everyone has looked bad doing something. For the first time, like, for instance, this podcast, this is my first podcast episode, but what stopped me from doing it was the fact that one, I don't sound very good. Um, I have a monotone voice. Oh, I hate my voice on, on recordings. I, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. People are going to laugh, blah, 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 blah. But here I am allowing myself to feel uncomfortable to help you guys because that's my dream i want to help you guys grow and become better versions of yourself and in order to do that i have to get outside my comfort zone and be willing to look stupid mm-hmm. yeah on that, on that note i'll interject real quick there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that you'll listen to and they all say very similar things when you're talking about motivational speakers um, some of those people you want to listen to you care more about yourself. We care more about ourselves than people do. And I just brought that up because you brought up that really good point that you're absolutely right. When you're standing in a crowd and you think you're looking stupid, like say pretty for, for you fellas, pretty girl, I should go dance on the floor. You're going with your girl out to go dance, right? You're thinking you're going to look stupid because you don't know how to dance. You're thinking everybody's going to look at you and think you feel stupid. You'd be surprised by the amount of people that don't care who aren't looking at you. And that that's an application for everything. I just use that as an example because I can't dance for, for shit. I can't dance for nothing. I look like it. it's bad. It's really, it's really bad. But I went out and did it. And it's a lot more fun to do that than standing awkwardly in the corner of the dance floor. But that same application into everything else you're doing. You know, I hate my voice on recording. Can't stand it. I listen to myself in videos or whatever the case is. I can't stand it. I honestly don't think anyone likes their own voice on recording. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> but the amount of people that, that don't realize that or, or 
nobody cares what my voice sounds like on here, you know? I mean, maybe if it was a little goofy sounding, then yeah, for sure. But, yeah, you know, I'm here to try to just talk to you, one of my good friends, and then the people out there and see if any part of my story can kind of help them, you know, and push them towards one goal. If one person listens to this, as far as I'm concerned, one person uh, listens to this episode out of hundreds or thousands that'll listen to it. But one person listens and thinks that something correlates there and it helps motivate them and push them. That means more than it does for me to have just sat at home tonight and not talked on a recording. But yeah, step out of your comfort zone, all of those things, trying to move towards those directions you got to move towards. Absolutely. All right. So we are reaching the end of this episode. We've pretty much talked for about 50 minutes and I don't want to overdo the episode, especially on the first one. <laughs> that makes sense, man. So I, I do want to say thank you for coming on and uh, doing this experience with me for the first one. It means a lot, especially coming from a close friend. I've only, only known you for five weeks, but I, I do appreciate you doing this with me and sharing your opinions. Oh, of course, dude. You know, listen, I, I highly appreciate it. I mean, I've never done podcasts before, so to me, it's definitely been an experience. And just being able to talk about some of those things that I'm most passionate about, because really my passion lies in helping others. It always has been. It's, it's one thing of mine that if I can do for others over myself, I'll always choose it. And I know that you hear things like you shouldn't be that way or shouldn't do those kind of things. You know, I, I do make priorities into myself. I mean, as you can tell from some of the things that I said, I'm trying to work on, but for the most part, if there's any opportunities to step in and just talk to people, right. just hear them. You know, there's one thing that I, I always tell everyone is anyone that crosses you in your life, whether they're in any of the tiers of your circle, the inner, the middle or the outer circle, everyone should have some level of impact on you. Something that you can take away from them, some lesson that you can grasp from them, be it right or wrong. You know, if you meet someone that you're just, wow, that person's an absolute shitbagger. You know, oh my God, this is the best person I've ever met. Take something away from that. Whether it's understanding to do it, not do it, whatever the case is, find inspiration, stuff like that. So chase what you're after, chase your goals, chase your dreams. Don't let anything stop you and just understand that just getting up and moving does so much. Just again, you know, I bring that book up, um, not endorsed or anything like that by Ad, by Ed Milot to, to sell it or try to advertise for it. But if there's one book to read right off rip, it, it would be The Power of One More. It, it's just a phenomenal book that can really help you out. And on top of that, just to kind of hone in on yourself a little bit more. You know, picking up books on emotional intelligence is another good one. And, you know, at some point, hopefully you'll you'll speak on that because I know you're you're well versed in that topic as well. But, yeah, no, again, man, I, I really appreciate it. Let me come on, kind of say a little bit of, of my background, history and stuff like that. Hearing some more stuff about you that, you know, we've talked about briefly in the past, but you get to expand a little bit to me. So, and I hope everybody out there just keeps on keeping on doing what they got to do i mean if we we if everybody chased their goals and dreams man this world would be just a phenomenal place to live and it all starts off the first step it's taking that first step yep you never know how close you are you're right there you could be the next big major influencer or something all right appreciate it uh that is the end of our first episode for the morning voice podcast and we'll see you next time